Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Bodrini. This podcast is for everyone who wants to be part of our real estate family and learn commercial real estate investing from A to Z. I'll be sharing with you tips for real estate investing while being mentored by a few people with several years of experience so that you and I can make the least amount of mistakes as possible and succeed a lot faster. My goal is to keep things very straightforward because we are all busy and you are here to learn. With that, in the last episode, we learned how to passive invest in a few asset classes and what are the pros and cons of investing in retail versus office, self-storage, and mobile home parks. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about the top three things you should know before investing in hotels and a few other things. We are interviewing Jerome Yuan. He is the CIO of ASAP Holdings and specializes in commercial real estate and capital markets. He assisted ASAP with acquisitions and dispositions of over 33 hotels in the past nine years. Here we go. Jerome, thank you so much for being here with us today. You are our first hotel investor, and I'm so excited to have you here. Why don't we get started and um, tell us a little bit about you? Thank you so much. Really appreciate the invite. I started investing in hotels with my family back in 2009 after the last Great Recession. I've been working with my family now for over 20 years since graduating undergrad at UCLA. We've been doing different types of investing since then, but really focused on uh, hotels since 2009 till now and work with my father and my uncle and, and a small staff here in Pasadena. And uh, over the last 10 years, we've bought and sold over 33 hotels across the country, mainly Marriott and Hilton franchise brands, trying to stay on the coast. So in Los Angeles, San Francisco area, New York, New Jersey, and Florida are the main concentration. But we have hotels in Texas and Denver and Atlanta, a big variance uh, across the country. That is so exciting. I have so many questions, <laughs> but <laughs> why don't we start with why should investors invest in hotels? Especially nowadays, I heard that potentially where the economy might end up going, uh, that might be a bit risky, but Let's mm -hmm. let's see what you have to say on that. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely, they say the hotels are probably the most sensitive to economic cycles. They're probably the first to get any type of effect, but they're also the first to kind of rebound out of any type of recession as well. For us, investing in hotels, it's both a uh, real estate play and also an operational play. You know, we believe that hotels are like 50-50 real estate and operations. Location matters a lot, just like any other commercial real estate deal. But then you also have, depending on the hotel, 50 to 100 employees there that you have to take care of. You have guests checking in and out on a daily basis. 
the operational side is really where you can kind of make a difference and improve the cash flow of the property. And we believe that hotels are probably the fastest and easiest way to kind of improve cash flows in commercial real estate, just because of the kind of daily transactions that you have with customers and hotel guests. And how do you go about doing that? It all depends on the project. If it's unbranded, we will try and find a brand for it, like a Marriott or Hilton. If it's already branded, we would change out the manager. So, you know, even though it's branded a Marriott or a Hilton, we can hire our own property manager, third party, that's approved by the brands. And each property manager has their own strengths and weaknesses. Every market, we believe, is different. And so we try to find a manager with much more local knowledge and more resources in the community. If they manage other hotels in the area or in the city, they can pull from those resources. Obviously, renovations and upgrading the hotel help improve the rates that we get with the with the guests and just like any other commercial real estate when you buy a hotel you want to renovate to make it newer to get a higher rate we feel like the investment you put into the capex you get a higher return with the hotel how do you go about finding really good management that is probably the hardest task right yeah, no, it, it's extremely difficult. We work with a lot of national organizations, like some of the biggest hotel property managers in the country. They manage maybe 1,000 hotels or 500 hotels across the country, which, depending on the market, is great. But then we also work with smaller regional property managers, like our New York properties. We use one company that knows New York extremely well. It's difficult. You have to evaluate. You have to see their track record. You got to go visit their offices and talk with the management. Everybody's management style is different. We like to push occupancy at our hotels instead of getting a higher rate. A lot of hoteliers or managers have a different opinion where they think a higher rate can have a better flow through to the bottom line, which is definitely true, but it's a give and take between a lot of different variables. What is their typical fee for that? In self-storage, for example, it's 6%. The property manager usually takes a 25 to 3% fee off of the gross income. It's pretty reasonable. Why don't we go over your most memorable deal? And why? It could be your best and or your worst one. <laughs> I have both, but uh, <laughs> the most memorable is probably our Doubletree San Pedro Hotel here in Los Angeles, where we're located. It was our first Los Angeles hotel that we purchased. It was not performing well when we purchased it, barely breaking even. It took a lot of underwriting and understanding what was going on with the hotel to really purchase something like this, we were able to kind of turn it around. We obviously put in money to renovate the hotel and the market definitely picked up, but we were able to, with our contacts and relationships, get a big airline contract to come into the hotel to fill up half of the hotel room so that we wouldn't be so scared about raising the rates for the other half of the hotel. This Doubletree in San Pedro is the most memorable. It's probably the only hotel we might never sell in the portfolio. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> how long is this contract for? It does sound quite, it would be my most memorable one, <laughs> one too. <laughs> Half of the rooms filled up. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, we renew that contract with them every two years. And it's a long-term contract. That one contract alone is worth about three and a half million dollars annually. Sure. Um, revenue. So yeah, it's uh, extremely important for us. And I, I think that we've, we've kept them happy and I think they're going to be long-term. Fantastic. What are some of the top things that investors should keep in mind and uh, watch out for when investing in hotels? And maybe here is where you could talk about your, your worst deal. There's <laughs> <laughs> a good example. One, investors should really look at the brand of the hotel or if there is a brand. If you're buying a boutique hotel or independent, those hotels rely on the location. Like if it's a beachfront property, you won't have any problems. But if you have an unbranded hotel in a suburban area where it's mainly business travelers, you're going to need to be careful and make sure that the brand is the right brand for that hotel. The other thing is really the renovation cost after purchasing the hotel. Every brand requires the new owner, they call it a property improvement plan that's issued by the brand. You got to make sure that you cost out every item and avoid any cost overruns because that just eats into your return on your investment. I think those two main things are really the bread and butter of what to invest in for hotels. Location, as long as you're in a good location, you might not need a brand, but some brands are stronger than others. So, you know, a Marriott would be stronger than a Four Points or something like that. Mm -hmm. So that's very important. Do you want to share about your worst deal right now? Yeah, yes. It was a deal in Texas. It was a Crown Plaza. One of our latest acquisitions. The Crown Plaza brand, you know, really didn't deliver as many guests as we thought that they could. The Crown Plaza brand is kind of in a, a weird transition phase right now because it's owned by Intercontinental Hotel Group, which owns Holiday Inn. And Holiday Inn really is their number one uh, bread and butter. Yeah, number one hotel. And so they've not put as much focus on Crown Plaza. I think that Texas hotel, partly it was a brand, partly I think it's also Texas or Dallas. There's been a lot of huge growth in Dallas, but there's also been a lot of new supply mm. in Dallas as well. And so, yeah, when a new hotel pops up next door to you, guests will want to stay at the new hotel, even if they want to just try it for one time and come back. With the new supply coming in, our older Crown Plaza couldn't really compete with the newer type of hotel. Something else to really watch out for is that market and you know how much new supply and how much real demand there is in that local market. Do you even start looking at Airbnb laws in that particular city? We don't really focus on that too much. The way our investment into hotels, they're mainly business travel hotels. So we'll have hotels in the suburbs or near office parks and things like that. So we don't really compete with Airbnb. At least we don't think we do as much. They definitely do affect hotels stay. I do believe that, but I just don't think uh, the business traveler, they're there for one night, two nights, and then they're out of the hotel most of the day 
at business meetings. If we were to start transitioning our investment to more resort, luxury, or tourist type of hotels, then we would definitely be looking more at how the local Airbnb laws are changing. That makes a lot of sense. I personally have a like-hate relationship with Airbnb because (laughs) the prices are as much as hotels nowadays with all the fees that they add. Most of them are not even fully furnished. (laughs) I stayed one recently in Dallas. It didn't even have a table (laughs) to sit on. Oh my goodness. I have been tending to go back to hotels personally for multiple reasons. I see that too. Is there anything else that you think is important that our audience should know? It's not that important, but I know that hotel investing, it's a very niche commercial real estate type of product investors are interested in, might not have the full picture and just want to make sure everyone understands economic downturn, hotels will get affected. Just want to reiterate, I think, yes, they will be the first affected, but they're going to be the first to kind of bounce back as well. I think it just depends on how big the next type of recession or slowdown is going to be and how long. We still feel like hotel investing now currently will be good in the long run, which is why we're still buying hotels. That's great to know. And how can our listeners get in touch with you? Pretty simple. You know, we have a website, asapholdings.com. Our contact information is there. Thank you so much, Jerome, for enlightening us with the hotel world. It has been super informative. If you are learning from our podcast, I would really appreciate a review so we can continue to rank higher so other people can learn all the possibilities about commercial real estate investing. And also, now you can subscribe to our newsletter by clicking on our website link under show notes. And I will see you next time.